This week on the Heartland Pod for Monday, July 17th, 2023, Missouri's mismanagement, Iowa's abortion ban, a big FDA announcement, climate refugees from California, and Senator Tuberville's big fat racist week. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am one of your hosts. This is our regular Monday show where we do talk in politics. You've got myself and co-hosts Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join me in just a moment. And together, we're going to bring big topics from the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. Catch all of our shows on the Heartland Pod channel, wherever you get your podcasts. And reminder that Dirt Road Democrat is still on this channel, Jess Piper's show. It'll be here for a few more weeks, and then it'll only be on its own channel that launched last week, the Dirt Road Democrat. You can find that wherever you found this podcast. It'll be there. Just search for it. Find Jess's face and subscribe. Make sure you slap five stars on it while you're doing that. Support what we do by leaving those five-star ratings, leaving a review wherever you listen to the show. Follow us on social media with at the Heartland Pod. We're pretty much everywhere. Check out heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link to learn about becoming a member of our family of podheads and podgressives over there, heartlandpod.com, or go directly to patreon.com slash heartlandpod to get signed up today for extra access, extra shows, and more. All right. We are jumping in here to the talk in politics itself. And I've got Rachel and Sean here. Uh, Sean, man, how was the week? How's life treating you? And uh, yeah, what you sipping on over there? Well, uh, yeah, the week was great. Thanks for asking. Um, we just had our five-year-old's birthday party. Four-year-old turned five. Yeah, at the uh, at the city park, there was a splash pad with like you know water spraying everywhere, and these kids yeah. going nuts. Um, after it was all over and everyone was in bed, I ate four cupcakes. Sure. Um, and, um, yeah, it's been good. My Jeep hit 215,000 miles and I watched the most charming, funny, emotionally poignant documentary, uh, liquor store dreams on PBS. It's on their POV documentary series, okay. but it's, um, it's made by a young Korean filmmaker whose parents had a liquor store in South central Los Angeles for the last, you know, her entire life. Um, and so she starts it out by saying, you know, like my dad is the hardest working person I know. He's in the liquor store 15 hours a day, 365 days a year. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just really, really good. Excellent. Oh, and I've got uh, the Costco double feature coffee and uh, spindrift this time. Raspberry oh, lime. There you go. Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> Rachel Parker, how about you? How is the week? How's life treating you? And uh, what you sipping on? The can really threw me, Sean. I know. I was ready for the. I was ready for the like the hot coffee to show up. Right. No. I mean, went, it's, it's all birthday went, stuff. Okay. It's all yeah. birthday Excellent. stuff. I also Excellent. ate nine like day old half Jimmy Johns today <laughs> too. Half what? L- little half Jimmy Johns. The little sandwiches. Jimmy John tray oh, sandwiches. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I've been down sometimes, that path before. <laughs> I don't, sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes day after, like sitting on a plate sub is. It's like deceptively good. Well, there's um, also no limit because you got to get rid of it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah totally. <laughs> totally. Um, my week was oh, whatever. It was fine. Um, <laughs> it was okay. 
I I will talk about uh what oh this morning just this is kind of I never watch I don't sports as you know mm-hmm. um but if someone pokes me and says there's a grand slam on right now will you watch I'll be like oh sure because whatever ha- is happening at center court at a major slam is always just so entertaining it just doesn't matter because it's either someone getting their ass handed to them or crazy stuff happens you don't really have to know how to play tennis like it's just an easy and, and i know you team. like it because you know that what the term meant what what term for, that the grand slam was referring to tennis in that in that vein yeah i mean yeah. for our long-term listeners you will know that this has been a long-running joke what that i that i don't know sports yeah at all. you don't know sports yeah well, oh, we'll i don't know I, I don't I don't, I don't sports at all i don't sports but tennis is like one of those things where there's so much drama and it's easy to pay attention to it doesn't it's the it's instant gratification right you know you, you have like high like really well paid really smart commentators usually chrissy everett and whoever you know telling you why this was good or bad it's very easy to watch so my husband reminded me that the finals were on this weekend so i watched the women's final yesterday which was a snore i felt terrible for Hans jaber i thought i think she's a badass but she's not a killer today's match though the men's final was but was just i'm going to say two words that i've have officially become a part of my vernacular because of adam summer bananas <laughs> and bonkers i never said either of those <laughs> words all the time bonkers is good bonkers i say but it really was bonkers like it was one of the more um because we've got this young crop coming up and i also watched the show breakpoint that's on netflix which is great mm. which follows around the new generation of young tennis talent that's finally kind of coming to the fore because yeah. we've had all these major people are finally retiring federer retired whatever right um so i had the storytelling i had the narrative to go with it so it was super fun i watched that and uh holy shit what a final it was great and uh i went for like a, a magic hour walk in the park just now which is also nice. very nice because it was finally the storm we had a little thunderstorm and it broke the heat so i went outside for the summer weekend and i'm uh i'm sipping on water because it's adam's fault we'll get into the we'll get into why later that i had ice cream so <laughs> i gotta follow it down a little bit of water just keep but it you all had clean. like one of the best ice creams on the face of the planet okay okay real talk before we get into this i am uh, there are two kinds of ice cream that i like the speaking of dairy queen again we'll get to that <laughs> the the t- classic ted drews or dairy queen hot fudge sundae i'd prefer the ted drews but i will eat the I will eat the hell out of like a small Dairy Queen hot for Sunday. Or I want an ice cream bar. I don't really mm. care about like a pile of ice. It's not my thing. It just ew, it, I just ugh. um but if you put something on a stick or in small form and you mm. add like caramel, maybe a dolce de leche ribbon through it, mm-hmm. uh those Hagen Daz bar- mm-hmm. almond crunch bars with the coffee yeah. ice cream, those should be uh frankly um illegal. So yeah, so I ate that because of the mess anyway and i'll say perhaps i was under the influence of something when i read that uh in our in our slack chat today so rachel was like it makes me want ice cream and i was just like i just always want ice cream that's like nothing needs to make me yeah see i that's that's the thing is i'm more the like is that are those nachos like rachel you just ate like a huge meal and i'll be like i don't care they're nachos and there's chips and there's dip i'm the same way ice cream is the only sweet that like I am in on. I'm just in. I'm in on ice cream. I'm always in on ice cream. I'm down. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, especially on that's, a stick. I mean, that's most people. 
Like there's Those something eclair bars. God, Sean and I probably ate a thousand eclair bars in high school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was the best <laughs> thing at that cafeteria. Yeah. A yeah. little crunchy bits. Anyway. Um, so just a quick hit to make sure people are aware. Uh, check out the Kansas City Star. Jess Piper had a guest commentary uh, in there that's worth reading uh, about basically, you know, if you want to talk about what's why don't you like something that's going on in Missouri? If your first response is, well, Joe Biden or well, Donald Trump, stop. Because you probably need to be talking about the state politics and not the national politics when it comes to your local stuff, your roads and bridges, things like that. So just wanted to uh, give that a shout out. It's a good read. And we're going to jump into the uh, true or false. True or false. And I realized that I let myself off the hook. I had a good week uh, myself. It was very busy, but very good. And I'm drinking on an A&W root beer because uh, I had it in the fridge left over from the 4th of July. So and it sounded delicious to me at this moment. All right. The true or false is, speaking of Jess Piper's guest commentary, that the mismanagement in Missouri is starting to bear fruit and it matters for 2024. Uh, lots of different things you can point to on this. Um, the thing that kind of highlighted it, Rachel, I'll have you kick us off because you sort of brought this into the Slack chat this week. Uh, story about uh, this legislation from like five years ago that was about radioactive waste and and uh, this cleanup that was supposed to go on, and uh, basically it just never materialized and it never never came to fruition at all. Yeah, so I didn't introduce this to the Slack chat, but it's totally fine. I'll talk about it anyway. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I thought that one no, was no, for you. It's okay. No, you're totally fine. Um, so I'll just run down through this really quickly. So. There are a couple of in North St. Louis County there are, which is a predominantly black area. Wasn't at the time uh, to be fair. It was just uh, negligence on the federal government's part before they made this into a black neighborhood. Um, but there, there are areas in Bridgeton, Missouri, um, just North of the just North of St. Louis city that uh, are basically kind of old decaying nuclear waste that the, um, I think it was the department of energy, or the military or both dumped there uh, when they were basically testing nuclear weapons. So they've been there forever. Um, and Maria Chappelle Nadal is a now retired state senator um, who essentially passed a bill that would allow for a budget to be set aside every year from the state of Missouri to fund ongoing studies of this area to make sure that the waste is still being contained because they've, they've, they know enough to know that, going back now probably 50 or more years people have been like people have evidence of contamination right. either in their blood or it's in the groundwater um so the notion was like well let's at least study it let's at least make sure that we're paying attention to the west it's called the westlake landfill let's make sure we're still paying attention to that because um it's been there for over 40 years we don't know what it's doing and it's very once it's in the soil it's really hard to contain it it's very difficult there is, is an underground fire as part of it too there this is an underground waste is yeah. underground yeah and on there's, fire there's an underground fire that no one could put out um it sounds and like something I, that we should just ignore yeah when and whenever i bring that up with like people that have lived here for a long time they're like oh stop making such a big deal about like the fire that's burning under the big like big dump of it. like shut up it's a big deal it's just, we get rachel she cares about an underground nuclear fire yeah, what a whatever dork. okay like this was like this is always on facebook i was like educate me why i shouldn't be terrified about this like no please tell me please tell me why right oh it's too complicated to explain i was like is it okay um so this was something even like Lacey Clay's worked on for a long time. This is a, a you know, it's kind of like a hot potato that just gets passed down. 
from lawmaker to lawmaker in the in our this kind of this general Chappelle Nadal is in the Missouri's first district. That's where Cory Bush's district is, and right. so forth. So th- no one's funding it. So in 2018, they signed this law. Parson newly appointed at that point. Remember, he was appointed because uh, well, he's a Republican Eric, holding state office. So you just right. assume <laughs> in Missouri, so just assume that he got there by <laughs> it's a pretty simple assumption. Was elected? Yeah. yeah, he wasn't elected. <laughs> he had just taken over, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." He may have even served with her while she was in the house. I can't remember. Uh, that that's going back too far, for my knowledge. Um, but they know each other because Parson was a, a a Missouri lawmaker, and he was a lieutenant right. governor. He was well known. So anyway. He rolls in in 2018, agrees to this budget, and as it turns out, there's there's not been any money put into this fund. Yeah. Whoops. So, I, 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 like, how is this possible? What's going on? And it kind of goes to like the 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 state wants to blame the feds. Chappelle Nadal's quote, quoted in this article saying like it's more complicated than that. Um. To me, it's just evidence of, first of all, what a, what a doofus he is. Like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't care. If it's if it happens in St. Louis, the dude just straight up doesn't care. Like, he's never really particularly paid much attention to Especially crises. if it's north of Bush Stadium. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, he just, if, if there is a local emergency going on, Mike Parson just ignores it if it's in St. Louis. He's just like, well, that's not my problem. Um, So I, I can't, I would very much like to know why... Um, where's the money it's i don't know someone someone who understands more about this should probably comment on it um but we'll just say a new report this is what <clears throat> this, this is from the story a new report this week from the missouri independent mudrock and the associated press shows the federal government companies involved in nuclear bomb production sites and atomic weight starts knew the risks okay that's sorry that's the wrong one apologies there, somewhere in this article it talks about like where they discovered that there was this like funding loop this is where, the Louis post article yeah so yeah. Uh, so that's troubling because these are public funds so yeah. if it's in the budget it should be in the it, it, if it's in the budget it should be in this basically like what is a ultimately like a slush fund for this study which means that also by the way the westlake landfill is not being tested by the state anymore right, right. now so yeah sean what uh what say you yeah i mean it seems like par for the course under you know Mike Parsons administration since he came in it's weird that his first term was only half a term because it seems so clear that like this guy does not do anything you know in terms of like running the state government like if he's the chief executive of the state um everything is just log jams and dysfunction um you know there's the other article about there's 42 million dollars in federal food aid for kids that over 350,000 Missouri kids would qualify for and it's for like during the summer and uh it's it's somewhat like food stamps there's $120 gets loaded onto a card for kids who during the summer you know they don't have access to free or reduced lunch that they would have during school um and so it's like these are kids who you know, don't have enough to eat. And so Missouri is having to forfeit the funds and I think is okay with it. You know, they, this is all volitional because they're just unable to handle the administration of getting the money out. Um, we saw it when the voters uh, enacted the Medicaid expansion, Right. complete, you know, willful uh, dysfunction. <laughs> um, they don't implement anything. 
Right. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Ever. Um, it's funny. Like one of the first times I saw a Parson, it was at this, uh, this thing for proposition D like a highway tax. And he had talked about, um, you know, everything that they were going to do with this new money. And, uh, I think at that point that was like 2018 and he had just come into office, but you know, it's, it's ridiculous how, um, you know, just how dysfunctional his whole administration has been. And yeah. so when you get to, you know, will it have a difference in 2024? Right. I think it, you know, I think of those state legislative seats. So like last week when Crystal Quaid was on, she mentioned there were, I think, seven or more seats that were decided by less than 300 votes. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, these legislators, even though it's not exactly what I was just talking about, because that was the Parson administration. Um, but I mean, I think it's all a big ball of, you know, right wing insanity, you know, trying to get headlines and trying to get donations and not doing anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Democrats make the case that the chaos in the federal government is also, or in the, you know, federal national GOP is also what we see in Missouri. You know, I think that could put some seats in play, especially if someone like Jay Ashcroft is the nominee for governor. And especially if other right wingers get nominated around the state. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's this program that you're talking about that we're Missouri's going to miss out on what the, the Missouri independent article, the estimate is $42.7 million that could, it's just there. You could have it if you fill the form out right, basically. Like it's, it's, it's that simple. It's like not filling out the rebate form. Um, remember those when you get, you have to fill out the form and you have to mail it in to get the rebate. Um, it, it, basically that's what they've done is just, man, this is too hard. This is work. This is, this is government. This is actual well, work that it, people it, might benefit from. We don't want to do also, that. It also seems like there's been, look, it, it really does suck when you realize that you are sitting on top of an aging uh, digital infra- you're sitting on top of what we'll call digital uh, uh, digital debt or technical debt, right? Where to update a system that you've been running since the earliest days of, we'll say like mainframe computing, which seriously, a lot of these, a lot of these systems are still that, right? right. And you've got this. Well, because they this... have to bid it out, right? They have to bid it out and then well, get it it's... built and then do all that. And by the time you can build a system, yeah, you know, your six month old fi- computer system is out of date. Right. Correct. That's right. So and then how do you keep kind of how do you keep sort of reinventing these systems? So I'm I'm I, I respect that. But like if the IRS and, you know, these ma- major like financial institutions, they have the same problems. So a lot of financial institutions that we think of as being like very modern, they're not. You look under the hood, you'd be horrified. There are all these daisy chains of like APIs. And I like I'm going to stop there because this is not something that I'm an expert in. But. The point is, like, just make it, just figure a solution out. We have a one-time budget influx of nearly $50 million that we need to get to poor people. How the, how can we do it? And if you sat down, someone in your, your we'd like, well, we, if we hand it out through this department, this is how we're going to have to get the funds in. This is where right. you could do it. You right, could find change. a way to do it. Build it. You have to just care. Yeah. And I think that he's the perfect foil for... I'll say like corporatist, like corporatist Republicans love people like him because he's not going to do anything except for what they tell him to do. Um, I don't think that he has the capacity intellectually for this job. He wasn't elected the first time. Um, And I don't think he's indifferent to starving children. I think he just genuinely thinks the government can't help people. Yeah, I think he's been told that so many times. And I he's would guess for so long. Yeah, they were probably blindsided by this news story. Like, oh, damn. 
right? Yeah, totally. No, Epps, yeah. you're 100 percent right. Like there was, yeah. we had the what? Yeah. Well, it I is a good example of the, the, yeah. the sort of baked in. And that's why, you know, I put it in the true or false. I don't really think it's going to have an impact. And the reason is I still think that there are so many people who look at government as only an evil thing. They are, you know, the number of Republican voters who still daily feed on that Reagan quote, uh, you know, the four scariest words in the English language are I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Like that's it's still just feeding the the sort of underlying current so anyway that that's where it came from but uh, let's let's move on to the yeah no yeah no yeah all right uh, got a two pack here um one of them is just kind of a national i just touch on the national thing really really quick um that the uh, the house gop is uh, moving on a bill to uh basically more voter restriction you know because f- freedom I guess I'm not entirely sure why. Um, Rachel, There's an outlaw, yeah. uh, universal mail-in voting. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. all kinds of really stupid ideas. I will. I feel like I should maybe hit. I'll hit on my note after we talk about the other okay. thing. Okay. Because I, because I, because we. The reason is that the 2020 election has given, uh, the kind of corporatist. Um, and the Heritage Foundation types, like all of them together, right. the opportunity they need to vilify voting. Because what do they want to get rid of, Adam? What are the two words? Collective bargaining. They want right. to give collective, everybody the, collective, they, collective. Collect anything that involves collectivism, they want to completely annihilate. So they Donald Trump gave them a present called People Don't Think That This Was Fair right. or Free. So now we're going because to make he said it, it for six years. Right. And the thing that's so funny, too, is like it won't go anywhere because like the federal Republicans will never sign any kind of federal voting laws of any kind, because then they know the Democrats will have what they need to like sign right. some form of retaliatory law that undoes that law and like establishes all these voting rights. So it's just that it's just dumb theater. Right. But OK, this is the this is the pin I'm putting in this. So I'm going to let you pull the pin out when we get through with the other thing. OK. All right, that sounds good. The other yeah no comes out of Iowa, and uh, if you if you haven't heard, they've passed uh, in Iowa a new abortion ban, a six week restriction. So uh, you first of all have to f- know that you're pregnant within the first six weeks, and then second of all, uh, find uh, the ability to receive uh, this healthcare within the first six weeks. Both of which, uh, for anybody who's ever been in any way, shape, or form, educated on or around pregnancy in any way, you would know is probably not going to happen. So it's uh, essentially an abortion ban in Iowa. Uh, And then the governor, Kim Reynolds, signed it into law on stage with Tucker, flat, flappy, freaking chin, plus bow tie Carlson himself, uh, because he wasn't doing anything, let's be honest. So that's where he was. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah. Just a, it's just a massive yeah no. Sean, why don't you weigh in and then we'll pivot back to Rachel to, to pull the pin. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the voting stuff. You know, this abortion stuff is very unpopular with independent voters and mm-hmm. it's being driven by an extreme fringe right wing base as exemplified by Tucker Carlson's presence right. at this thing. So, you know, in this example, I just always think about how Barack Obama and Joe Biden um, won Iowa twice and you know I just 
yeah i yeah, yeah no nailed it nailed it. it nailed it nailed <laughs> it it's making me so angry i can't speak that's the whole it's, yeah point. no that's the nailed whole... it <laughs> yeah all right rachel let's pull the pin okay so the first thing i'll say about this is that you know i always point to women governors with extremely conservative women governors k ivy's another example I have some pretty colorful language about her on on, on some greeting cards that I made uh, <laughs> that I made back in 2019 when uh, speaking of Governor Parson, when he signed the Missouri abortion ban that right. uh, enacted the trigger law that uh, was the first in the nation. We were again, yeah. we were the first outlaw abortion. Um, and I always want to remind people when they say, if you put women in power, dot, 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 if women ran things, there wouldn't be war. If women ran things. We wouldn't have this. Yeah, that's not how power works. That's not how patriarchy works. Right. I'm sorry. Like, patriarchy can extend itself through women just as easily as it can through men. Example, Kim Reynolds. She's the living embodiment of what I mean. And I'm going to stop talking about her because I'll just start cursing. Um, She's a horrible human being. Kim Reynolds is the Trumpiest of the women Trump governors, I think. Mm -hmm. It's between her and that troll, that troglodyte from uh south dakota yeah she's something she's gotta be up there yeah she's a peach um but uh kim's kim still just after this election after this uh this midterm cycle kim really stuck her neck out to be the like on the top clearly on the top of donald trump's dance card that's i think her idea is that she'd be one of his running mates um and now they're trying to like out evangelical each other because there's nowhere to go right? right like they can't do it and so this is the pen that i wanted to come back to thank you that i stand on my statement of this is going to backfire on them spectacularly in the near term it's going to be very difficult for them to recapture the toothpaste that they let out of the tube when they captured the court they could have just continued what they've done over the years but evangelicals have no patience um because they think the world is going to end right. and um for a very long time five decades not um, think believe that's an believe, important distinction believe believe they believe that yeah and for you know the, a half a century really more um people who don't want to pay taxes and don't want to have to be responsible for any of the messes they make whether it's cleaning up the environment or whatever who really believe that the free market should just dictate everything and we should just all live in our own little utopias and states or their own countries and all this crazy stuff. Um, they've been happy to use event the evangelical movement as the Trojan horse for their nefarious like defunding schemes. And they they broke the pact, they broke the compact. They could have been they could have they could have strung this along for another 50 years if they just had been willing to keep abortion legal. Even right. if it's restricted to keep it legal and they got their the dog caught the car. Right. Here we are. So I think that we're going to have legalized abortion nationally um, a a a in 2024, say, five, 25, 25, 26. We'll have it so somewhere in there. Um, I think there'll be some plan in the works to reshuffle the Supreme Court. I think these things are coming. The The next frontier after this, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, is voting. I think yeah. that the evangelical movement is happy enough to have something else to demonize now it's just democrats right and again like i don't think it's going to be the same but i think those same people that i was talking about before who are identifiable um right. 
I'm not being conspiratorial. I'm looking at history and um, they'll be happy to take away our right to vote. So that's, I think that's, I, I think it's going to be a little more complicated than abortion is because, uh, but I don't think, I think that's where they're going to take their fervor, their money, their time, their energy. They're going to make religious people think that voting is uh, like a sin or something. I don't know. That's my prediction. Yeah, well, you know, we can just go back to uh, instead of the president, we can just have the king and the king can, you know, receive instructions from God and uh, we can all join the king's church. And, no, seriously, totally. Absolutely. And it'll be, uh, you know, England. It'll be really hard though to get them to vote. That's what I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be like, I can't wait to see how they thread that needle. Seriously, I'm kind of like, how's this going to go? Because I think that's what they're going to do. We, we need you to vote for us so that we can get rid of the, the voting. Don't just, just do it. Just trust us on this one. You need to vote. But we're gonna vote for us. If right. we if we win, you did it. If we lose, it's rigged. We're just gonna right. keep saying that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, yeah, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. All right. The uh, yeah, yeah, there's a major FDA announcement, a this approval for over the counter birth control pills. Rachel, you're doing the uh, celebration hands going on over there. Uh, as the uh, only one of the three of us who could have possibly taken these pills in <laughs> any way, why don't you? Uh... I, I never took this one. I have taken this is so this is so uh thrilling. Um, it so the FDA approved the mini pill to be sold over the counter. If you're my age, you know what the mini pill is. The mini pill is instead of a, an estrogen and progesterone dose, it's just progesterone, and uh, but it will stop you from getting pregnant, and you don't have they there. It's not there's no age restriction. It's like buying allergy medication right it is it means that you can walk up to any walgreens anywhere and be like i'm gonna go buy myself some birth control pills and they have instructions like the fda has done enough studies to say that unsupervised without a physician this is just as safe as advil or motrin or like it's probably safer in some cases than some of the stuff that you can take over i was gonna say i can buy cough medicine and like that stuff will straight i mean that'll mess you up like, yeah, like they'll just I don't give know, me like, that. They'll give me yeah, gallons yeah. of cough medicine. Can, yeah, you can. De- well, like, well, I mean, I would really say that, like, uh, NSAIDs, right? Right. Uh, they they'll, they can cause ulcers and bleeding, and right. they're bad for your liver, and you shouldn't really take. But you can just buy a whole bunch of them. Like, you right. can just buy like a, a bucket of them at Costco. Um, right, right. So I, I, it's it's so hard because the evangelical movement has uh, has attacked sex, sex education um and access to doctors so one of i think the failings of planned parenthood has always been they didn't just say like look basically we prevent cancer right we just help women stay healthy we we are the first we are the first line defense for a lot of women and their health care needs and because the planned parenthood organization is so distinctly tied with abortion services which is fine um it's not that i have a problem with that it's that i I wish they'd wave their hands over their heads a long time ago and been like hey we screened for breast cancer by the way right um so it's that the 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 movement that we've been criticizing this whole show um has been so successful in disarming the obgyn community in rural states that it's just so hard for girls to get to a doctor right it's so difficult i mean like and some people may even be where like not allowed to go to them. Even if they have a doctor, the doctor is going to tell their minors. They're going to tell the parent. All these communities are so uh, religious communities can be quite incestuous. And also just if you're if you don't uh, have insurance, you can just go to the drugstore right. and get the pill. I think right. it's I'm so happy. That was like the best 
news of the month so far. I, that might be one of the best moments of the year, I think. Like if, it's a just huge gonna, deal. It's going to prevent so much in the way of unwanted pregnancy. Um, oh. So much in the way because you don't have to go to a doctor. You do not have to go to a physician. And on top of that, we have the story from The Guardian about a U.S. doctors group, the, the American Medical Association, the AMA, uh, basically the doctors are going to stand together. And when it comes to abortion issues um, and that, you know, from a treatment standpoint, they're going to help patients that they're, they're going to back each other up for folks who aren't aware. So uh, in, in medical malpractice cases or uh, the, the kind of cases where, you know, basically a doctor could get sued or get in trouble for something. Typically one of the standards you look at is, the regional kind of care standards. So did this doctor do it the way that basically the other doctors in that area do it, or at least close enough that they weren't intentionally deviating in a way that would be harmful or knowingly harmful or something like that. So this is good backup from the other doctor, Sean, uh, any comment on either one of these two? Yeah, totally. So with the, uh, with both of these, you know, I just think about the politics um, and, uh, you know, when it comes to the birth control being available over the counter now, that is going to make some waves. Absolutely. Because the the big fight yeah. has been, you know, Democrats have been saying Republicans do want to take away your birth control. They will do it. They want to do it. And you need to fight back. And then the Republicans howl and howl and say, no, we actually don't want to do that. You're being unfair. And um, but then when you look at the laws and how they're written, they often the bans what's banned often does catch birth control yeah and you know administratively and you know in all sorts of ways they make it harder to they call the morning control. after you know plan b the morning after they call it the abortion pill right right yeah and it's no, not I'm, like we know it's not it's 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 a birth control pill but they call it the abortion pill yeah yeah and i mean they make it more difficult to get iud's and right. you know they're the laws that get kicked around in these state legislators, state legislatures are are ridiculous. And so anyway, now that the FDA is saying that this is something that should be available to everyone over the counter, I'm waiting for swing state legislators in like Arizona um, to say, no, we're going to ban it. <laughs> and um, That's what I'm really looking forward yeah. to is, you know, the freak out from hardcore conservatives um, anti-abortion types to now actually try to uh, keep this from happening and fight to take away people's birth control because the backlash is going to be so swift and so and you're strong. You're going to be able to order it on Amazon, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to get into the like... law enforcement, you know, stuff, and the cops are going to be like, "Get this the hell away from us!" And then it's going to come towards like you know physicians and clinicians, like you're talking about with these right. Guardian articles, and they're saying, you know, get out of our exam rooms, right? Um, you know, the last thing I just want to say about this is, you know, this has happened so quickly that I think, you know, when it comes to working class Republican voters, you know, the idea that the Republican Party is the party of freedom yeah. is just out the window. Like it's it's not believable um, based on everything that they're trying to do. And so I, I don't know that they get that, that that's what they've done. And the but their clothing of, has more right? flags on it than your clothing, Sean. Do yeah. You, I mean, they have it was more never, American I flags, freedom. I you know, ask, but even more now they want to, you know, they're at war with the libraries. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I want to ask Sean a question. So back at the beginning of the tea party movement, 
They'd successfully said, okay, so now that we have health insurance, we're definitely a socialist country and we're definitely less free now. And, you know, granted, like there was a provision that you had to either buy health care on the exchange or pay a $600 tax every year. Like would be freaking do was being never... the operative word. What? Yeah. So now it's so now that do you think that there's still a message that can be honed called because we have more government services, we're more of a socialist state and therefore authoritarianism. Do you think that that is still, that's what they're trying. Is it still happening in that kind of direct way? Yeah. You know, I think that everything has become balled up into one big, you know, it's not just Democrats, but it's Hollywood, you know, and it's the librarians in your, in your, in your town. And I think that dilutes the effectiveness politically, you know? Right. No, I agree. There's this cool, (laughs) I'll say this really quickly that before we go, like I I was listening to on with Kara Swisher uh, and this week she has Margaret Sullivan and two people who I don't, whose names I don't remember because they're both like Fox people, but um, they're talking about kind of the Tucker Trump Fox news triangle and like what's fox news is what's going to be happening with fox in the future and the fox the foxiest of the guys the one who like kept saying over and over again look i've known tucker for 40 years and i've known so and so and i was like easy i don't think that's a flex anymore buddy um and he said that the republican party right now the modern republican party um such as it is losing is the new winning so if they don't sign the bipartisan infrastructure bill that to them is a win now because they're so anti-establishment that not doing anything for anyone makes them look like they're actually trying to defeat sort of this insidious power base called Joe yeah. Biden. No, it was so funny when Marjorie Taylor Greene, like one of her quotes, you know, in the last week, the big news around her was that she got kicked out of the Freedom Caucus. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the uh, her proximity to Kevin McCarthy, obviously. And uh, so one of her quotes was like, you know, when she was kind of minimizing the effect of her getting kicked out of the Freedom Caucus, she's like, well, I actually want to get things done. And uh, it's like, oh, what were you even doing in the Freedom Caucus? <laughs> like, who are you? It was just, she said yeah. that out loud. I right. actually want to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, geez. Oh, Jesus Christ. Do Read you? A book. Oh, my yeah. God. Amazing. How... Amazing. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or, or you really <laughs> do and you were lying before. I don't care which one it is. Just pick a lane, girl. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Anti disestablishmentarianism. Let's uh, roll on here. <laughs> Either buy or sell uh, climate related intra country, intra country migration impacts are coming to the heartland. And in fact, you might even say they're already here. Uh, I'm going to kick it off by buying this. I, it's, I think it's 100% happening. Um, I don't think it's necessarily quite as dire as, say, uh, you know, the Tool song, uh, Enema. You know, I don't think it's quite to that level. Uh, but, yeah, it's happening. Uh, wildfires in California. You've got stuff in Florida. This article in uh, this is a USA Today article. Uh, farmers insurance. Farmers. Big company. Big, big company. Big advertisements, lots of money. The largest private insurer in the country. Yeah. They're going to stop writing new business 
and will not be renewing existing farmers branded automobile home or umbrella policies in Florida. That's the ball game, folks. That's a huge deal. Can you imagine? So you get your you get and I've had this experience because I was in a lawsuit. It's a long story, but I've gotten that letter that said, um, we're not going to renew your policy. And for most people, that doesn't happen, right? For most Americans, you pay your premiums on time and you have home insurance. And yeah, I would you, bet most homeowners at a certain point in time don't couldn't even tell you who their homeowners insurance company is because you just forget because you might you probably know who it is. But like maybe it, not with automatic it, bill pay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I don't have to write the check anymore. I have so to just... think about it. I'm like, am I farmer? So oh, no, I'm State Farm now. Um, uh, so you don't think about it until you want to make a claim, but you can't you you have to have homeowners insurance if you have a mortgage. Right. The bank could take your house, right? Uh, uh, And like, I I don't know. I'll let Sean talk about this. I don't know, like, because I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about Governor Flatfoot, um, who opened his face and said things about this uh, when he was still trying to criticize how woke Disney is. And yet no one like you can't even insure a car there if you have farmers now. A car. A and, car. That, and that's yeah. why this this buyer sell is about it having impacts on the heartland because if you're if you're in Florida right and you have a house uh, near the coast so you've got a let's let's say it's a modest home that is within not I'm not talking about a beach house I'm talking about a modest home within spitting distance of the beach in the state of Florida so you've got a three hundred thousand dollar property that. If a hurricane comes through, you might not have homeowner's insurance to be able to replace it. And so as you're looking around the landscape, do you want to still live in a place where you might never see or recuperate any of your money in a loss? How about a hailstorm, right? You, you, folks in the, in the heartland are very familiar with that, right? You have a bad hailstorm come through, you look at your car, you find the dimples, and you call your insurance agent and you go, please tell me it's not totaled. And in Florida, well, guess what? That might not even be able well, to happen. No, you, you, there are no. So now the there is a state insurance fund. So the this is going to happen throughout the Gulf, right? This is definitely going to happen throughout the Gulf, and probably it's going to start impacting more states than anybody is quite prepared for. Yeah. So I'm buying this because if you can't live in the Gulf, I don't know what's going to. Texas is going to have similar problems. We've talked about this a couple times on the show, right. and I'm still yeah, the only keep... thing that makes the Gulf better than Missouri is the ocean. Yeah, of course, <laughs> that's it. Most... So Sean, yeah, Sean, uh, <laughs> what, what do you got on this one by yourself? Well, you know, I think climate change is going to be causing all kinds of migration within the country. Like you look at the air quality, and that. You know, the things that we saw just in the last few weeks, the huge area that was so affected by particulate from Canadian wildfires and, you know, Missouri has already seen way worse flooding, Kentucky, same, Tennessee, same, Um, the amount of thunderstorms that are so much more intense and frequent. And, uh, you know, here in Colorado, we have more and more fires you know and now we have fires that just rip through suburban areas um and you know the hail is getting worse and worse out here like i don't know what it's like in other places but um for my roof we have a like for insurance there's a five thousand dollar deductible for hail 
Wow. Uh, no matter what deductible I have for the rest of the house. So if I want to make a claim for hail damage so on the roof, I got to so put up the first five grand. So they'll basically pay for half the cost of a roof roughly <laughs> or a third. Yeah. I mean, uh, which just tells you how bad the hail has gotten. Yeah. They, right. If they've taken it to that. And point. it's just a cost of living thing. So I guess that's what I was getting at. So like right. a lot of these states, when you say the only thing better than, you know, the better at the Gulf is the ocean then you know compared to missouri is the is the ocean and uh, a lot of people are in states like mississippi alabama louisiana um you know georgia south carolina florida texas for low cost of living right. and so if they're pushed out you know they will need to go someplace else um there's really nowhere where you can be totally safe from climate disasters no, yeah. is what seems so wild you know you want to go in the middle of nowhere in kansas but it seems like they're having 10 times more tornadoes than before and now earthquakes so right. Right. you really can't get away from it. Yeah. But you yeah, can get insurance. Know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think like, I think that's what I, what, what frustrates me. And this is why when the, the media cycle gets so obsessed about a new app called threads, right? Like, okay, look, there's certain people who I follow, who I like, who I respect. Of course, that's what they're going to talk about. They're technology beat writers, right? It's their job to talk about things like that. The rest, the, I do not understand for the life of me why major insurers not refusing to write new policies. That's one thing in California where they're like, we're not going to write new policies. Farmers has said, farmers in all state have both already said, I think state farms probably about to follow, one, one can assume. Um, we're not going to write any new policies in California, but we'll, you, if you have a house, we'll, you, can, right. uh, you can keep your insurance, right? Or uh, I think farmers has like some kind of formula where they'll allow a certain amount of um, new home buyers. Uh, they'll they'll underwrite it. I forget exactly how that works. It's really not my area. Um, but in Florida, again, let's just say this one more time. In Florida, if you have the lar the largest insurer just said no, we're done. Right. We're pulling out of the state completely. We're out, which means they're all going to follow suit. I don't understand why these decisions on behalf of these major financial companies yes. is not the only thing that more media outlets aren't talking about breathlessly. Yep. They've made up a, a recession that didn't happen. Yep. They made us afraid that 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 the uh we we started talking about the midterm elections on January 8th. Right. Right? Like what about Biden's budget? What's going to happen for the midterms? I was like, I don't know, it's January. Can the man unpack? And this is such a consequential economic problem that you're right, Sean. There's no ducking this. Yeah. If once they all smell, once actuaries and these major companies that are all they're just indebted to their shareholders. And that's that word. That word actuaries is what's important here is because like this yeah. is not like farmers was like, well, we don't like Florida because we're woke. No, farmers was like, right. we don't like Florida because a right. bunch of people who know how to do math that none of you know how to do. Um, you know, Just maybe we have is, an actuary who listens we, to this. We but... can't be insolvent. No. And Ron DeSantis, by the way, signed a bill into law a couple of years ago, I think, that said that people couldn't sue their insurers if the insurance company refused a claim. Right. He already did right. that. So he was already trying to kind of like string them along so they wouldn't which is the state. insane we have a law in missouri i've used it it's called vexatious refusal to pay 
where basically you you submit to your insurer and they deny it and you look at it and you go, no, this matches up with my coverage. You should have to pay my claim. You can sue your insurance company right, right, to make them right. pay what they're supposed to pay. Right. And in so, Florida, whoops, you're just shit out of luck. So I and the, like Paxton's having these issues too. So I um I'm disappointed that this isn't something that more uh outlets that have resources that can explain yeah. this to people that can because I think if people understand how serious this is, all of a sudden they'll look at their own circumstances and be like, wait, so climate change means that I might not be able to insure my house? Right. Right. Oh. Well, and and the you know folks maybe you know why are we talking about Florida be- because of this impact because it is you know look at what happened during COVID when suddenly people needed to find places that were lower cost of living remote work went up it was easier for people to uh, you know port their life basically what happened uh, people moved people left cities people left New York people left L A people a lot of people went to Florida yeah a lot of people went to Florida. But some people moved to the Midwest. They moved to the upper Midwest. You know, they moved to Minnesota and Wisconsin and Missouri. And and they're in these places now because of the cost of living. That's a big, big, big reason for it. Um, and yeah, if, if, it's just it's 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 baffling. It's baffling. The, the idea that you could l- live someplace that you can't have insurance is just it's just unbelievable. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the big one. And now, the big one. All right, the big one. Senator Tuberville's openly racist crusade and intentional attack toward the United States military. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, senator from Alabama and former head ball coach. uh, I mean, he had a weak that made Republicans scratch their heads, uh, quite frankly. A truly, truly unbelievable stuff by him. Uh, Sean, take the baton and just <laughs> just go. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm done. I've reached the end of my lap. Go. Right. <laughs> well, uh, so the president of the United States is a Democrat, right? Last I checked, that was correct. Yeah. Factually so, checks out. <laughs> even though the GOP has gone completely batshit insane around abortion, or perhaps somewhat because of it, the Biden administration's Pentagon, Department of Defense, issued rules recently where they will help a pregnant service member who needs an abortion by making sure that they can cover the cost of travel if they're in a place where they can't get an abortion and, you know, similar sort of provisions that try to help American service members access reproductive care, even when they're in a state that prohibits access. Um, And so Tuberville, (laughs) this dude, he, in protest of abortion rights, puts a hold on all senior military promotions. Yeah, And so that's meant that the so far now the Marine Corps is without their senior commandant uh, they're, without a confirmed one. Anyway, they have an acting commandant for the first time in over 100 years or something. And lots of other military promotions are on hold in. He's really showing his like political naivety because like, you know, who hates this is like everyone in the military. Yeah, they fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they do not, you know. 
they don't want to become the pawn in your abortion rights protest. And, you know, Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska, who's really well respected in defense circles, was on Meet the Press this morning. And so he was trying to defend the uh, misguided senator from Alabama saying, well, I had a hold on military promotions once when the administration was saying this is, I think, a different administration was saying that they were going to remove a unit from Alaska. And so he responded by putting a hold on all these things (laughs) until they got it worked out. And so this is obviously completely different. Yeah. And it's stupid. It hurts people. It's politically stupid. And it's going to have national implications. The dummy, you know, he doesn't have to worry about anything in Alabama. But now he is, you know, continuing to make the GOP look the worst way possible yeah. on both these issues about white nationalists and and abortion rights and, uh, you know, getting it tied up with military. Dumb, dumb. He, he dumb. He, <laughs> he said he was talking about Secretary Austin, uh, who put out an order. Basically, the idea is white nationalism is not going to fly in the military. Right. And so he's talking about that. Um, and he says that he doesn't see white nationalists as anything bad. He sees them as these are Americans. And so we shouldn't treat them any differently. And then he says, you think white nationalist is a Nazi? I don't look at it like that. I look at white nationalists as Trump Republicans. That's what we're called all the time, a MAGA person. Uh, and Dr. Cassie Miller uh, with uh, Southern Poverty Law Center said white nationalism is undoubtedly nakedly racist uh, in this Guardian article explaining it. And it is. And even in the interview that Tuberville was doing, like the I don't remember who was who he was doing it with, but they were pushing back on him about that quote, um, you know, that that it is a racist thing. And Tuberville was essentially went for weeks and weeks and weeks just nakedly outright defending this obvious racism, this white guy from Alabama, right? Who sounds like the guy, a white guy from Alabama who defends racism. Like he, 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 you know, is from central casting for this particular part. Uh, Meanwhile, I want to play this clip really quick and then, and then pass the whole thing to Rachel with this clip as part of it. Uh, Meanwhile, fellow Alabama native uh, Auburn, uh, I assume graduate. I don't know for sure. Uh, Auburn uh, star, uh, later NBA star, now a very well-known voice across the country. Uh, he's in you know all kinds of ads. He's on an incredibly successful show. Charles Barkley uh, was at an event, and this is what Charles Barkley had to say, uh, referencing Bud Light and basically you know, being an asshole. So this is what Charles Barkley had to say. So if you couldn't quite make it out, I've got three cases of Bud Light. If you're gay, bless you. If you're trans, bless you. If you have a problem with that, Fuck you, says Charles Barkley. Um, this is a 60-year-old black man from Alabama. Um, and meanwhile, we have Tommy Tuberville, a 60-ish-year-old white man from Alabama, 
Um, interesting juxtaposition, Rachel. So remind me, where was Sessions from? That Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. There we go. That's what I thought. <laughs> Thank you. Do you remember when Kate McKinnon would do her sessions? Oh, her sessions was it was his. Where, it it was, was her best thing. It was. It was. So this was right after he was sworn in better than her Giuliani. And it was like it was when it was like when snl was really still getting its feet under it when they were doing during their trump years um and uh so she's at the podium as sessions talking about uh what his priorities are going to be while he's attorney general and he's like well let's face it there's two kind of crimes black crime and black crime somebody just like grabs her and pulls her away <laughs> from the mic and I feel like what's so funny to me about about Tuberville, and I guess I thought he'd been around longer than he had. I forgot that he kind of like this was the seat that went to that was between the meh Democrat and the pedophile. And then it came back to like right. another like. So it was, well, Doug, it was, was Sessions it Sessions seat. Right? Yeah, it was Sessions seat. It was Doug. What's his name? Doug Jones was like Doug a Jones, career civil yeah. rights attorney. He was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. But he people he just didn't. Think yeah, he, he, just, he just it was it was Trump. It was it was it was Trump state. So uh and uh I guess Tuberville isn't as bad of as a contest as a as a as a candidate as that other lunatic was. Um but the the amazing thing about how racist someone like this is is basically saying like it's like when you interview uh a clan member and they've got a Confederate flag and a swastika and like a noose with like a fake black person hanging it from their porch. I think this happened in Missouri and you interview the people in like 2017 and you interview them and you say, I, well, what, why do you have such racist? Oh, I'm not racist. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I'm not, I just don't think that like, so the amazing thing about this to me was the way he just kept doubling down. Like he just couldn't get out of his own way. You're like, dude, just apologize. Move on. Just say like, I'm really well, sorry. It's a good example of why, like you, you really, can't win it like convince somebody by walking up to them and poking them in the chest and saying you're a racist change like it just doesn't work that way well i think uh, well okay so this i think that's different than this that that's just a regular person on the street who has like their own ideas and views about well, the i agree it should be different than this i'm saying yeah, but, i think that's how he reacted is, i i don't i think we're talking like i think in that situation you're right that like someone who's that fantastically ignorant you arguing with them is going to prove nothing except that you're smart and they're not and go away like just stop when you're dealing with somebody who's like in power what blows my mind i guess it doesn't really blow my mind i wish it blew my mind that the shamelessness that is they they all think the shamelessness is their new superpower and sometimes it is yes sometimes it is this is still to me um the child has been told no 50 times the child is like three and the child has not yet learned that like when papa sean or papa adam says no the sixth time listen there's going to be some consequences and you really just can't have that i know you want it you can't have it but the three-year-old is going to keep trying Mm -hmm. until so they want to know exactly where their where your boundaries are and i think Mm -hmm. with these white supremacists these like actual like indentured racists particularly from the deep south who are lawmakers I really think they're still just trying to see where the breaking point is for the American public and what they can get away with saying. Yeah. I think that's what this is. I think this is like, well, if Trump said it, it would be fine, but I'm not Trump. How, what can I get away with? Like, yeah. what yeah. can I? Because, like, let's just remind ourselves that the secretary of defense is a black man. Right. So that was a dig at him, too. 
That was like a dig yeah. at the black man who's the in charge of our national defense. Yeah. Um. This is this is you uppity n word shit. Like that's what I think it is. That's that's my opinion of Tuberville. The thing that's ridiculous about it is that it's not he's not trying to hide it, and that he just kept trying to dig himself into the hole. And I think at some point he realized that it was a bad crusade, and that he had to stop. But he didn't know how because the only person who can do that in America right now is named Donald J. Trump. He's the guy that can be like, there's no wall behind me. Mm Sir, you just walked into it four times. You're bleeding from your face for many times. No, no, no. This blood's not from that wall. This blood's blood's from before. Let's move on to something. He's the only person who can do that. None of the rest of you can do this. Right. None of the rest of you have that mojo. He can shrug and say, all you want to do is talk about the wall. What about China? Let's talk about China. And so we're off. There's no wall behind me. No, sir, there is a wall. If we walk up and touch it, there's objectively a wall there. Says you. I right. don't know. I don't personally. I was told there might be a wall. I don't know if there is a wall. There might not be a wall. Like he can do that thing, but Tommy Tuberville and his ilk, including Cruz and all these other cretins, they don't have the the machismo, the swagger, the whatever you want to call it, the charisma. Yeah. I mean, I think he's gross. Like, I I think that's a given that I think that Trump's a repelling human being. But I will also still say that he has a thing he does. And that's right. part of what he can do is say that quite part out loud in a way that nobody else can. It's part of his grossness. I mean, it, exactly. hundred percent. So like, so this kind of goes to prove that. So, I mean, Tuberville also like is comfortable in his seat. He's going to be there for a minute. He doesn't have to run for reelection for, a, a, for a, quite a while. Um, so let's see what the memory of the voters are in Alabama. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so Sean Senator Duckworth uh, noted actual badass and an all star was on Meet the Press today. She said it is bizarre for Senator Tuberville to say he's not jeopardizing national security when he injects politics into the defense process. And frankly, this is not the time to do it. Not when there is a war going on in Europe, not when American leadership is vital to the international global order. It's beyond distressing. It's just that it is a jeopardization of our national security. Tammy Duckworth, of course, a veteran, uh, somebody who served, somebody who was injured in service. uh, Certainly a good voice to listen to on this. Sean, take us home. Close us out here uh, on this issue and and, and the show. Yeah, no, she's 100 percent right. And it speaks to what I was saying about Dan Sullivan and, you know, sane senators who can still be Republicans, you know, especially when it's about defense. It shouldn't be about politics. You know, it should be about having a ready military. And, you know, it just shows how naive Tuberville is about, you know, his job as a senator, like what a senator is supposed to be, what the government is supposed to be. You know, when the secretary of defense, like you said, you nailed it, Rachel, you know, the secretary of defense said, hey, we're going to we've got a problem with white nationalists in the services and we're going to take care of it. And then when Tuberville says, well, they're just Americans to me, it's like, no, this is a real policy, Dick. You know, we're actually doing it. So you do have to back down. You do have to say out loud that they're racist and we're doing this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sit down. Well, maybe Tuberville would prefer a don't ask, don't tell policy on the uh, in the military. Perhaps that would. <laughs> Neo-Nazis can be in. Yeah, you just have to. Uh, I don't have a problem with. It's not the Nazism I have a problem with. Adam. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't. I don't say the Nazism that I have a problem with. It's the way people contextualize and frame the conversations around Nazis that I have. Yeah. Like, write something for the stupid Atlantic. God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, write something for whatever the racist Atlantic is. Good luck. 
Oh, my God. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, this week's Talking Politics. Thanks for uh, hanging out. And later this week, uh, an exciting new episode of The Real Housewives of Presidential Politics is coming at you. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see you guys when we do that. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Yeah, thanks.